Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Good morning, everyone. And oh, who's there? Amy. Good morning, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? How are you doing? I am chuffed to try and make you laugh every single time I do a new introduction. That's part of my job today. And I succeed. Uh, guys, you cannot see that, but I succeed. Um, you know, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about sharing this episode because um, it was a great one, not just because of the episode itself, but because a lot of this conversation with the lovely Ayanti, who I'm going to talk to today, is actually going to be coming into what we did as our October magazine cover. So a lot of that conversation fueled the piece that I wrote and obviously she helped us with as well. And if you don't know her, she is uh, the founder of a movement called Move for the Culture. And obviously you hear loads about this in the episode, but it's really interesting as well because it kind of reminds us of the power of social is um, moving the sound on social media and it really shows how we can grow uh, our impact on social by actually encouraging open conversation and what do you think about that aims by the way guys you cannot see this but I think we have a little kitten that is trying is really excitingly trying to uh, attack Amy's laptop so um, I'm going to ask Amy to share a bit more about this but I appreciate she's also fighting with little Jessie the kitten um, yeah I think the power of social media we just don't even know how powerful it is it's scary really how powerful it is but as much as it kind of brings about some negativities um I think it can be so like such a force for good um and her movement move for the culture just did like so well like it was all I was seeing on my social feeds loads of people getting involved big brands were getting involved and it can really help a message spread so much further than you could ever imagine and literally goes global or viral if you want to call it but it can just spread so far um so I think you can really harness the power for good how do you my, my other question that I have for you as well because that's very important and something that uh, she shares as well um is how do you find that you can create those boundaries as well when it comes to being vocal and wanting to be open up to conversations but also create the boundaries for yourself when it comes to the way that we interact with with social not even on social media but with the idea of being online at all times 
I guess it's difficult and it's probably something that I'm not that good at um I think a lot of people do have kind of offline weekends or like days off here and there and I think it's just remembering that if you have a day off like the world isn't going to end you really won't miss that much and I think it's just reminding yourself that you don't need to be online all the time because there is a real fear of missing out that classic FOMO but you genuinely do feel like that but having some time off does do wonders for you so I think just just try just try and have some time off and see how it goes or start small by switching offline by like 9 p.m which is something that I do every day and yeah I worry that people have conversations once I've left the building kind of thing but um no it's just practice just really give it a go and see how you feel and thank you for sharing that because that's so important in the conversation that we're gonna have because uh she shares as our guest she shares a lot about the movement but also a lot about how she can recharge you know she recharged the battery something that also Janelle Lewis mentioned in one of the previous episodes about being a force for good and wanting to be an advocate online but also taking the time to rest and being able to recharge and I think it's so important um in case you don't know auntie she is a dancer and a fitness professional with 10 plus years in the industry in the US and the UK she has been incredibly active in the past nine months on social media with the initiative known as Move the Culture. So I'm really, really excited to share this with you today and get you to learn more about her as well. Thank you so much, Amy, again, and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Bye. We're live. We're live. It's happening. It's happening. We're all good. We're all set. Hi, Andy. How are you doing, my dear? Hi, I'm good. It's warm again in New York, so I am loving life. <laughs> that is that is a metric that from the UK to the US, wherever we are, that's what we look at. Sun, vitamin D, that is really, really important. So what is the weather like in New York? Then what is, because I always feel like there's this misconception that is kind of sunny and is always beautiful, but I think there are seasons in New York, aren't there? Oh my gosh, there are seasons and they're so intense. And when, like when it's summer, you forget that it's ever been cold and the world is amazing and it's always like shorts and t-shirt weather even in the evenings it's gorgeous and then this weekend reminded us that as soon as it gets to fall it's like wear your jackets wear your clothes wear all of your clothes because the wind will get you and then (laughs) in about like January February time that's when it gets to minus 15 and it is painfully cold and then about April it teases you and then May boom it's summer again so, yeah. I do love that. I do love that, that you that you know exactly what to expect right now. How long have you been living in New York then? Um, so I moved here initially in 2013 um, and I was um, recovering from a, a car accident, retraining to dance. Um, and then I came back. So I was here for a couple of years and then I came back in 2018. I see, dance, I see. And I've been here since. I love it. And I mean, you really, really love that as well. So that's the kind of thing, like people sometimes think, why would you put yourself through it? It's like, what? Same for me when I'm in England. People are like, why? You're from Italy. There's the sun there. What are you doing? It's like, don't know, you know, it's just, you know, it's, there is something to be said about the magic. What is, I guess, the one thing that you love the most about New York then? If you have to pick one thing, what would that be? Oh, it's hard. Okay. It's hard during COVID time. So I feel like things are slightly different. Um, but actually that no you know what the energy there's something about I live in Brooklyn I've always lived in Brooklyn um, 
and actually even in COVID times the sense of community um and just like the electric energy like there's been these like dance parties happening um in Brooklyn from like five to eight there's no alcohol and everything's socially distanced and it's um Friday to Sunday and it's just people that just want to move and celebrate and move their bodies and dance and I feel like that wouldn't necessarily happen it would happen back home but not in the same way there's just like the energy of support um without that kind of um that very prim and proper like English of give me a drink and then maybe I'll be a bit warmer type (laughs) vibe and like everyone is just doesn't care who you are like if as long as you're moving and you're smiling then yeah there's like this electric energy and I feel like I felt that the first time I came here and the first time I experienced the dancing over here as much as I love it in England and it's definitely there and there's some incredible um environments atmospheres there I feel like it's just so effortless how it happens here I love that and I love the word electric I think it really puts that kind of idea on what what it can feel like it's almost like natural in a way and that's kind of how you makes you feel warm and fuzzy I guess if you want to put it that way so I do love the name that the word electric really gets it to me um now I'm gonna change slightly the subject maybe it's related to this maybe it is not but I want to start off by asking you to tell me something a fun fact an interesting fact something people might not know about you you're already starting to laugh so I'm very curious right now tell me tell me what it is Hey, my fun fact. So when I was 22, I was on an MTV show um, called Plain Jane as like as they tracked the, me coming back to dancing after my car accident. So it's kind of related, kind of not. Um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Like I applied thinking I'm not going to, I don't get it because I'm not very, I'm quite outgoing. Um, but then it ended up being this incredible experience. I spent, spent a week with the team and the presenter, Louise Rowe. Um, had to do all these challenges and then I got flown to the Alps which ended up being over my 22nd birthday um, nice more challenges and then had like a, a date with my secret crush um who is now one of my really good friends um and we ended up dating for like two years before I moved to America I love that I love and I mean the whole experience sounds amazing as well was that I mean, again, probably millennials will be still on the edge of this question. The Gen Z probably will just fly over their heads. But was it the good MTV days or is it kind of like them? Oh, it was, it, was just, it was like just the tail end of the good MTV days. Oh, like when everyone still sat in front of their TVs and watched TV. Um, yeah. A couple of years before Catfish came out. Um, and But I do think Jersey Shore did exist at that point. Yeah, this was like this was eight years ago. I love really that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but I love that. That's so funny. Um, well, I like that. This is a great start. I love that. And it's also tied in with obviously the dancing and everything else. But um, again, I, I was a massive fan of MTV myself. So I, I love this. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I'm going to, again, shift a bit more. We're going to jump into what you've been up to for the past uh, six months. Um, maybe actually, if you can give us a bit more understanding of what Move for the Culture is, in case people don't know exactly what that is and how it started. And now we can go through definitely what's happened, achievements, successes, but also how you've been able to take care of yourself throughout that journey of being there to really champion the movement itself. So I'll let you first explain a bit what it is and why you thought about bringing this up. And then we'll kind of take it from there. Yeah, that's good. And um, so, um, George Floyd was murdered and um, I was in a really bad place. And so he was murdered on the Monday. On the Thursday, I was having a conversation with one of my brothers. Um, I'm one of five. 
Um, and I was just saying, I can't even remember what I was saying. Um, all I remember is what he said to me was, I am say, being black is not how, about how oppressed you are. Um, it's about the incredible, co- oh, I think I was saying whatever we we're talking about, because I'm half white, um, half Trinidadian. So I think it was something to do with that. But anyway, the most important thing is he, he said, it's not about how oppressed you are. It's about our incredible cultures and all the incredible things that we celebrate, that the world celebrates over, that tries to appropriate because it's just so incredible. Um, and then I remember thinking, yeah. And I was looking on Instagram and there were so many things about um, suddenly how to be anti-racist. Everything was geared towards um, people that weren't black. Um, and then I started watching as, so the dance industry immediately spoke up, music industry immediately spoke up. And I was like, that's great. The other industry that I'm heavily involved in is the wellness industry. Um, and it wasn't until I got back from a protest on that Friday that I saw Nike had released something. And then it was like a chain reaction. Like, I don't know, I'm not saying that Nike was the first in case I missed it. But then I saw other gyms start to speak up. And I'm head of fitness at um, a virtual reality company. And I'd had a conversation with my boss that day. And I was, he asked me how I was. And I was like, I'm not okay. Um, and I explained why. But nothing had even really been discussed that week. Um, and I would literally, like, I could not tell you what happened that week. I was in meetings, but when I wasn't in meetings, I was just crying. Um, and I don't remember any of the conversations I had. Like, apparently got loads of stuff done. I was really productive. But I felt like I was a ghost just kind of wandering through. So then that evening, I was like, right, you know what? I'm going to commu- um, contact all the companies I work for. I'm a Sweaty Betty ambassador. Um, I used to work at Frame, but I've been doing some online classes with them. And I love and adore the owners. Um, I'm also going to email my bosses at FitXR and I'm just going to be like, hi, what's going on? Like, what's everyone doing? Um, because what I was finding from conversations, people didn't know what to say and they didn't want it to be performative and they didn't want to get attacked. So I was like, what do you guys need? How can I help? Um, if you want to do something, I would happily teach on your platform. I'll happily give a talk. Like, let me know. Use me as a resource. This is not exploitative. Like, I'm offering my services. If you guys want to bounce ideas off me, what are you doing? Because I figured that was the better way instead of being like, you haven't posted anything, what are you doing? Because that's just not productive. Um, I had some amazing responses immediately. They were like, yes, amazing. Like, we'd love to talk to you about doing such and such. Like, this is what we've been thinking about doing for a while. Um, now we're concerned that it's going to look performative, but obviously this is something in the forefront of mind. And I was like, right, okay, cool. And then on the Tuesday, Blackout Tuesday happened. Um, and the fit, like, no, not really that many people in the fitness industry got involved. Um, so I was like, right, okay, well, I'm going to do a call to action so he gets involved. Frame immediately, like, boom, we're doing it. Other people did as well. Um, and I was thinking, okay, so based on what my brother said, we need something positive because at the moment I need to move my body. I need to celebrate everything that makes, like, all the different black cultures incredible. Um, I'm kind of sick of fundraisers because it's a one-and-done event. So we need something that makes it this is going to be long-lasting so that people have to pledge and say they're going to not just like that people can't just one and done like it's a movement not a moment um and then fundraising because obviously that means that we can have one day that we can all focus on that something can happen it's like a call to action um so that's a long-winded version of why move the culture was born so it was a day that happened the day after juneteenth um and it happened in throughout america in england in germany in turkey um I want to say there was another country. Oh, there was a class that happened in Russia. Um, and 
yeah, everyone that got involved, whether they taught or did a donation or did a prize giveaway um, or not, they still posted and pledged three, like, actually upwards of, some people post like 10 things they were going to be doing um, to make long-lasting change within the wellness industry, to stop racism, um, to make sure it's, a, like, accessible. Um, and then that was, and there were some really great conversations that were opened up from that. Like, I had conversations with people that, well, I don't know what to do, or I feel really uncomfortable. And I was like, great, why do you feel uncomfortable? Let's talk about that. Let maybe if you feel uncomfortable, people that take your classes also feel uncomfortable. So have a conversation. Um, and then it kind of also indirectly addressed cultural appropriation. So I said that to give um, black and well, BIPOC people the first opportunity to teach, because often we're not given those like prime time slots. Um, but then also if anyone's celebrating their own culture, if they want to share, share. If someone wanted to do like a hip hop boxing class, then talk about the culture of hip hop. Um, and make sure you're educating people so that you're not just taking something and using it for your own benefit. You're like, this is great. Let's celebrate this. Um, yeah. And it, I just, it was just a really nice way as well that loads of my peers felt really unsupported by their companies. So I was like, cool, well, let's do something that's positive that you can get them involved without having to advocate for yourself or without putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Um, and then it also opened up some really great conversations with freelancers that maybe aren't involved in what happens in the head office because obviously head office knows everything that's happening but then it's not always communicated um yeah really long way really long-winded version of talking about that but we also raised loads of money um and had over 200 brands companies and instructors involved um worldwide and it was just really great to see so many people moving their bodies and smiling and celebrating to be honest, I what I love like throughout all of this, and by the way, it's a great way to actually kind of explain it because I, I think it really kind of encapsulates the reason behind it. A lot of it came down to also to the element of allowing people to communicate and like giving them that. I'm not going to say necessarily that freedom, but the opportunity to ask the questions that maybe they didn't know how to ask. And that could have been, as you say, could have been the brands that didn't know how to react and support. It could have been the freelancers or the people that were hurt and they were trying to go through, obviously, what you talked about yourself as well, which was the trauma that you were going through and be like, you're not alone, you know, especially as you say, as freelancers, maybe as teachers and instructors, they wanted to have those conversations with the people they were working with. But it's not necessarily that easy. It's not always that easy to be able to do that for yourself, especially when you're suffering. I, again, now I'm, I'm more than anything putting words in your mouth, but that's what I would like to hear because it goes down to the support, but it also goes down to giving people a voice in an industry that is still, you know, it's still new, it's still fresh, but there's so much going on and it's really about getting that attention and allowing these conversations to be had in a way that really, as you say, educates, but also makes people think. Um, and I'm kind of wondering what have you seen when it comes to, obviously, as you said, there were some different tangible uh, successes and outcomes like obviously the fundraise, the people involved. But is there a couple of examples of other things or, or some conversations of some people that you find really discover something about themselves or maybe discovered a change they wanted to make or maybe felt they could be empowered to um, encourage those changes within the companies they were working with? Yeah, so there was, um, so over here there's something called Talent Cast, um, sorry, Talent Hack. Talent Cast is like a dance thing from years ago. Talent Hack, <laughs> um, which is, I guess, an easy way of explaining, kind of like a LinkedIn-ish platform for fitness professionals. Cool. But someone was saying that they 
it was basically like a question it was like anonymous question what do I do I'm working in like a suburb I'm really unsupported by my company um they've said nothing about Black Lives Matter but they go all out for pride and I just feel really unsupported I'm not sure what to do so then I got in touch with them and I was like this is happening let me know who that company is and I'll reach out to them um and the conversation can start even if they don't start doing anything at least the conversation can start and it doesn't necessarily come from you but you can then at least have the knowledge to say okay well my company doesn't care the conversation happened they didn't care okay I need to move on or the company was like yeah let's get involved let's do stuff and you now feel supported um it was it was really interesting what company well I just have to like I just have to say sweaty betty were incredible um and they're still continuing to do the work because that was the one thing that I wanted to happen was to see companies still do the work and still be committed um other companies that I've seen have done some really great things um Bitapp, I had a really good conversation with, um, which is based in England, really good conversation with um, one of their founders um, who was telling me all the work they're already doing with the council that they're near um, and that they're like diversifying. But I just think it's just really important that people know, I think because I've had the experience of working, um, I've run studios, I've been in head office, I've been all different angles. I think it's really important that the biggest thing I think has come out of it is that people in head office now realize that maybe the conversations they have, have, haven't always translated to freelancers. So I think it's kind of just opened up this much bigger open communication. Um, and now brands are kind of looking at each other to see what they're doing. Like I, Barry's bootcamp, I think their messaging and what they've been doing, what they've been saying has been really great and really spot on. Um, and people have asked me like, who's a good example? And I'll send and I'll be like, Oh, well you should talk to this person. Um, and same with freelancers, we've all been talking about how, what we want from companies we work with and we're kind of setting standards, whereas before it was like, well, especially now it's COVID times, you're kind of all scrambling and like, oh, okay, they're going to hire me. But now it's like, wait, no, let me say, who else are you hiring? Or you want me to talk on this panel? Let me now feel comfortable to actually say, who else is on this panel? Why have you chosen me? Am I the token person? What questions are you going to ask me versus what questions are you going to ask someone else? So, um. I think these conversations were already happening, but I think with Move for the Culture and other movements that have been happening, it's allowed people to feel comfortable advocating for themselves. And it's also made me feel comfortable advocating for myself, um, which has been really great. There's something to be said as well about, you mentioned the standards, obviously, which we can take as standards, as guidelines, as examples. And it just, it can really help, especially when some people just want to want to know how they can take the next step. And as you said, it can also empower the individuals. I was thinking about the word, you call them freelancers, but the freelancers are individuals, as you said, are wanting to speak up for different reasons and about different topics. And I really love what you talk about when it came to that element of they don't want to be the token person. They want to make sure that they know the reason why they're being asked to do something or the reason or how they can bring that value. And I'm kind of, it's interesting that conversations happens because I think that's where really bigger companies have started to change their perspective. And, and again, I'm, I'm saying from what I've seen, also the general public or consumers or people on Instagram, they are not necessarily doing this for a living. They're starting to ask those questions as well. And I'm thinking until we as uh, the freelancers or the companies or the people within this industry started to 
show what we can do and ask different questions and have different conversations, the general public would have struggled because obviously it's really hard. We tend to be really passive as humans. So we get, we, we take what we were given and we take that as what it is, what is the norm. And I think that's a big thing. Like the norm is not what we think it is because again, I think this is a bit of a different conversation, but you can go about tokenism in the wellness industry and like, those elements of a lack of diversity that can go on on a really long long conversation but it's really interesting because when we do the first steps then the general public will be able to be educated by just seeing the different things and start asking questions Hmm. it's interesting you say that because um something you said just sprung to mind that um a lot of people because yeah we just take it as the norm um so conversations so i made a resource pack that is you can still get that just has like questions to ask yourself um, for studio owners in particular and one was do you offer straighteners but do you also offer diffusers and just something so simple because everyone just assumes you take what is your norm as the norm so for me my hair's curly so I don't even think about straightener someone could ask me like what's the best straightener I wouldn't be able to tell you so if I open a studio I would have a straightener because I know that other people need that but then I'd also have a diffuser because I know I need it for my hair um, but it's based on my experience that I see things in that way whereas the conversation that was really interesting is those people that I, I just, that's just how things always were. So I didn't think about it. And then as soon as they start asking these questions, they're like, Oh, because like you say, we take things at face value. Like that's kind of what we take as gospel because that's someone set things up in this way. And we're like, okay, that's what it is like. And then this amazing thing has started to happen is everyone started to question it and be comfortable or com- uncomfortable questioning it, but feeling like it's safe to do that at this moment. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like not just COVID is not a blessing in any way, but that is one positive thing that has come out with everyone having to take a step back is that everyone can now kind of pick and choose what they will accept and what they won't. I think in a way I'm going to go slightly off piece and kind of go on a widen uh, spectacle. By the way, people who are just on the podcast, you cannot see this, but Yanti has got the biggest mug in the history of mugs literally covering your face every single time she takes a sip is hilarious i love water i'm like everyone's like yeah i only drink like water hot water and lemon or alcohol i don't drink tea or coffee and everyone's like you drink so much water why and i'm like yeah i know that is a good that that is a good habit to have just i love that it comes into that massive massive vessel (laughs) a ball of springs and a giant mug that's what you (laughs) I love that. That was really, really funny. Uh, sorry, but no, I was going to say in general, I think, and this is again widening the, the lens of it, but as, as people, as consumers, we need to think about the fact that millennials and Gen Z are the most active online. And a lot of us, this is obviously some marketing research that's been done in 2019 and even 2020. We are going to put our money, but also our focus on things that reflect our values. So by starting questioning things and asking ourselves, what are our values? What do we stand for? What do we want to help other people with? We will start actually asking ourselves, who am I following or who am I supporting or who am I reading? Even like a newsletter from, are these people actually representing the values that I want to uh, support and to be part of? And um, I think you're right, despite COVID being COVID, it has helped us being like, okay, I need to purge, I need to clean up, I need to really put my focus where I want it. And I think it comes not just from everything that happened, but also the fact that overall, as a generation, we really want to put our money, our effort, our time in brands, companies, publications, whatever it is, that really represent our values the best. This is going to sound kind of shady, um, but I think it's also really 
I agree with that, but I think it's been kind of hard until recently to know if it's actually authentically what the company stands for and if it's not. And I think it's been really telling the past five, six months where companies' values and ethics actually lie. Um, so I found that really quite eye-opening. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's um, from the companies. I think it's the companies that are willing to be vulnerable and honest it has made it so much easier to see. And the ones that haven't are the ones that have kind of been perceived a different way. And it may be that then they do still have these ethics, but they just have been a bit too corporate and a bit too quiet about it. And so it's been kind of easy to do that purge, which that sounds really shady and I feel kind of bad about it, but it's kind of good. I've been like, cool. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 Cool. And if I'm not like one of the council culture, cause I'm always like, I'll happily have a conversation and I want to understand a question. Um, and then I'll be like, cool, that was just a misunderstanding. Come back. Okay, come back, come back, come back. That's good. Um, yeah, it's just it's been really interesting to see that happen in the wellness industry and kind of in like in every industry um, and watch that play out. It's true, though. It's because we, and actually I'm going to really reiterate on that point because it's very, very important because, yeah, values are something that we're taking into consideration. So, Shady for shady. It's true. Some people might try to play on the values in order to, you know, to be look, to looking good again. And that's where perform like, you know, obviously like performative elements come in. And I think that's really where people started to be like, oh, actually, authenticity to me really means who can I trust? As you say, because they're walking the walk or they're talking the talk, etc. Um, so I, as you said, it did happen because of that. And I think it, it's kind of like chained in like people, some brands or some companies as i said some people might be um hiding behind these are the values because these are the three things that i brought to my website or these are the five things that i post on something but it's like okay great but how do you actually live those values every day this is really where as you said the difference is laid between the authenticity and now we are more equipped and we understand better how to you know how to ask the questions to ourselves in order to know whether there is performative or it is truly authentically trying to reflect those values and that's like with the pledge part of move the culture that i was like gently nudging <laughs> elbowing people to do because i was like all you need to say is what you can do on a daily basis every day to uphold this it could be have a conversation it could be i'm going to show up and i'm going to do my job because i'm black and that's enough for me and like that's amazing and i'm taking space i'm holding space i'm making other people feel comfortable um but that was what I was trying to really subtly do to say, right, right, cool. So you posted like square. That was really cute. And now let's actually do things. Um, and that, I think that was my, that is probably the biggest success. And like people I've had conversations with since, or I've touched base with since I'm seeing that they're still doing that and they've taken it and they've made it bigger. Um, and then other people in the organization have, and I actually had a really good conversation with my company about this, um, BitXR that I work for. And as we've expanded, it started tiny. It was just, a couple of us instructors and now I'm head of fitness. And we're talking that as we're expanding, it's really important to make sure that the company values and the company culture stays how it's always been. Because that's one thing that I think we initially took for granted as we're expanding. Um, so we've kind of gone back to basics and been like, right, so what is important? And as a company, how can we make sure that we think about the whole picture? So like the whole wellness Um which is something that we're doing at the moment, which I'm really enjoying and really excited. And they've hired some great people um, to be in charge of company culture, to be in charge of, like, I think it's Matt Halsey. Is, I think it's, it's like, his job world isn't like 
man of the people but it's something like people service or something which made me laugh um but I just think like things like that happening in loads of different companies means that whereas before it was like okay cool let's just put these values on top everyone's kind of weaving it in now or like seeing the need to weave it in um which is just making me really excited um whereas before I felt a bit hopeless and a bit like I wish I was a lawyer because then I could understand policy whereas at least now I'm like okay cool I understand the wellness industry and at least I'm able to see tangible change I love that but now I have one question just one one kind of final question before I ask you the last question and that is with all the work that you've done, obviously it wasn't just the work, it wasn't just uh, talking and it was also you being open to have a conversation when people needed it. It's also open to ask questions, answer questions, you know, help people. So again, I'm asking you, but by the way, guys, I'm not, I'm not like a, a, a witch. I know because you told me you probably need a space after that. It's not like I am thinking you might need a space. You told me that you needed that space, but I just wanted to kind of lead into that. It's like, it's no surprise that you needed that, that space needed to recharge so my question is, what have you learned from being able to recharge after all the hard work and what has really taught you about, you know, how can you be, you know, how can you have the right energy and plenty of energy in order to show up when you need to show up? So I think I instantly went into fight or flight mode um, as soon as I found out about George Floyd's murder and I was just kind of on autopilot. And then as soon as I came up with Move for the Culture, I was like, cool, that's given me something to do. So I was already sleeping like, it was really, I was sleeping like two hours a night. Um, I was forcing myself to run in the morning so that I would feel, like I literally felt like I had an out-of-body experience for like four months. Um, And that's how racial trauma affected me. So I had to run so that I could feel my heartbeat so that I could then be like, oh, cool, it's morning. And now I need to eat some breakfast. Um, and then I'd work and then I'd work on move for the culture and then try and sleep, wouldn't fall asleep, would wake up at like, fall asleep probably around three, wake up at five and then just be like, cool, I guess I should get going and then I should start work. Um, and I was advocating for myself, I was advocating for other people. And then it got to me, I can't remember, things kept happening. So things like I would um, submit an article and then it would get whitewashed and then um, I would be told that it's really aggressive um and yeah just lots of like loads of microaggressions that kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and then I was like right you know what I just need to take a break because actually I my mental health was deteriorating um and the one thing that helped me was movement but when I was kind of unpacking all the microaggressions racism I've racism I've experienced um I realized that from age of 13 to 18 in dance there was just so much racism like my ballet teacher um but it was never explained to me properly that that was racism I knew like overt racism but no one explained my profession I really internalized that so the thing that I think made me realize I need to take a break was I didn't want to dance and that is the one thing I've always wanted to do like I always want to move my body the reason I think I was able to run and work out um was because people used to say to me you're only good because you're black you're only fast because you're black so I'd be like yeah watch me like to me, that's not an insult. I, to them, they meant that to be an insult. But I was like, hell yeah, I'm proud of my Trinidadian genes. Um, and so that was a safe space for me. And then I realized that this isn't healthy. Like, I'm glad I've achieved what I've achieved, but I need, I was writing all these articles to help other people advocate for themselves as well as myself. And I was like, I just need a moment. Because someone asked, I had to write about my achievements in the wellness industry and I couldn't do it. And so I was like, I need to 
do something different. So I took three weeks off. Um, and in that time, I realized I was only eating like 500 calories. Um, I thought, oh, I'm eating loads because I'm exercising loads, which is making me eat. But actually, I wasn't. But I wasn't doing it deliberately or aware of it. Um, I was running for like an hour every day. And then like, my just, I was just over-exercising. And my mindset was, yeah, just absolute fight or flight. Um, so I am just really lucky that I'm in this industry and I've, I'm used to moving my body and I'm really well connected to my body because I was like, right, let me do a nutrition plan and make sure I'm getting all the right things. And let me, like, I've worked with people with eating disorders, so I know how to ease them into food. So it's not too shocking. Um, and so I did that with myself. And then a week later, I was like, my energy is amazing. This is, this is how I'm supposed to feel. And then I was like, right, exercise wise. Uh, let me do half an hour yoga in the morning and then let me do my main exercise and then let me maybe do dancing in the evening back to like what my schedule was pre-COVID um, and then I started to feel a bit calmer and then mindset wise I started listening instead of listening to like um, racism podcasts um, and like diversity podcasts I started listening to fitness podcasts about like mindset and training and then I started to feel more and more like myself because I'm always like fitness and dance is my life so I always have like how can I do this functionally or like so my workout today is going to be so that I can perform in heels for four hours on stage if I need to or I'm going to have to work on my ankles because I have to perform on stage in heels or I'm going to do like a hit workout or I'm going to motion capture something for dance so I need my body to be functional whereas before it was just like just move your body because you need to calm down um so as cheesy as this is going to sound, I learned that taking a step back, even if you're one of those people that just needs to go, 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 and literally just spending a day just doing nothing or breathing or analyzing how you felt over the past month or three months or whatever, um, is so important. And now I force myself, um, I always, I always heard about people doing this and I was like, yeah, but I just always need to move. I always need to move. But now I force myself to have one day where I actually do nothing. Or I don't have any plans and I wake up and I'm like, what does my body say that it wants to do? What do I want to do? And I think that's now been my like saving grace. Yeah. I, I do love that. I do something similar as well. So I have a no to do day, to do this day where I just kind of I have to do stuff. And usually if I feel like writing for three hours, I write for three hours and then I get to do that. And it's that flexibility. And as you say, just retrains that type A of like, I need to have control over things. To just be like, let's see what comes up and um, embrace it as you wish. Well, now the hardest question of them all is the last question. Is the hardest, so get ready. All right. We ask it We ask it everyone. So if you were to have brunch with anyone, anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be? You know what? The first person that came into my mind is, I'm going to have to say, because now I can't think of anyone else. Um, I really hope that I pronounce the name right. Um, I'm just double checking that I'm going to say it right. Yeah. Lovey Ajayi Jones. Awesome. I think she's amazing. Um, she's a speaker. Um, she did a really great t- podcast, uh, sorry, TED Talk about being the domino. Um, and yeah, I just think she's amazing and she's great and she's honest. 
um, and fun and doesn't take everything super seriously, but is really clear and really serious. Um, and she made a really great post this morning. Um, the verdict for Brianna Taylor's murder um, came out yesterday and she wrote a really good, really clear post today about there being no space for people that are telling her to be calm. Um, I won't go into it, but I just, yeah, I just really admire her. I love that. that. That's amazing. And again, it's just, you know, that those, those are the people that really inspire us as well. I think it's that when, when you, when somebody speaks to you by speaking that way, it's so powerful and you've been doing it for so many people. So again, thank you so much once again for showing up. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to see your lovely face and your lovely mug. Uh, but <laughs> I told you it was the highlights of my chat. I was like, this is so awesome. Um, but if other people want to connect with you, what would be the best places to direct them to? Obviously, they can find stuff in the show notes, but just in case they're like, okay, next up, what am I going to hit as soon as I finish this podcast? I say, uh, find me on Instagram. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rubbish on LinkedIn. <laughs> I will try to respond on LinkedIn, by the way, but if you hit me on Instagram, um, I always respond. Um, and I always check my pending requests thing. So yeah, message me. Um, whether it's of anything to fitness or wellness or movement. Um, I'm so happy to share the things that I've realized that helped me when I was going through racial trauma um, or things that helped me when I was injured after my car accident and couldn't dance for two years. Um, so yeah, always happy to help and share. Amazing. Thank you so much again. You are amazing. And I'm so glad that we managed to chat. And I hope you have a lovely, lovely rest of the day. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. My pleasure. Okay, guys, well, I'll make sure that we take a picture and then I put in the highlights so that we're not going to lose the picture of this mug later on. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, my love. And yeah, we'll see you again very, very soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.